Welcome back to the Resiliency Ninja Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Graham. And in this episode of Facha Fridays, I am going to share the answer to a question that was posed to me yesterday when I spoke for the Association of Change Management Professionals of North America. And uh, we had a great session. And at the very end, I got the question uh, that I'm posing to you right now. How do you support someone who is going through an adversity. And so I want to just look at this resilience from an outside perspective, because a lot of the work that we're doing with the Resiliency Ninja movement is giving you as an individual tools to deal with your stress, your obstacles, and your adversity. And we rarely talk about how do we interpret that from the outside it can be very heartbreaking to watch somebody who you're leading at work or in uh, even in your family or your friend circle who is going through a very difficult time. And one of the hardest things to remember is that they are the ones who need to go through the grief process. They're the ones who uh, have to choose to stand up and move themselves from victim if they're stuck there or numbing out or reactive and, and get themselves over to that resiliency ninja side of the coin. But how can you help facilitate that and empower them to become more resilient? That's what we're going to cover today. And uh, in terms of prerequisite information for this conversation that you're listening to, I really, if you haven't heard them yet, I'm going to encourage you to go back and look at two things. Number one, the resilience set point podcast uh, I did that talks about how you naturally react to challenges. And the other thing is the continuum of challenges, because we need to look and you need to understand what the difference is between a stress, an obstacle, and a true adversity. Because this is the advice I'm giving is for the true adversity, which is a catastrophic external event that will forever change the path and the way that you view your life. So this is where, for example, maybe you've gone through a divorce, uh, you've lost somebody you loved, uh, has, has passed away, uh, maybe your company went bankrupt, maybe you have lost your job or got downsized and you lost your job for that reason. There can be a whole bunch of different adversities that you or the person who you're trying to support could go through. And that's what we're talking about here. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is to validate what they're going through. I think so often we get so caught up in everything that we're facing. It's like we just want somebody to tell us like we're not crazy that we're hurting inside. And so to validate, I would say things like, wow, that sucks. And then just stop talking. Uh, and then, or might say things like, wow, that is, that's a difficult situation that you're going through. Wow. My heart breaks for you. I, I hope you're, uh, you know, you're going to heal through this, like just validate the severity of what they're going through. Because here's what I hear a lot. We validate but we sort of take it away a little because what we do is we compare. And so one of the things I really want to encourage you to avoid doing is comparison. Oh, really? Well, that's awful, but you should have seen what I went through. 
So then we're not really supporting them. We're not validating them because we're flipping it back to our situation. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of that, the natural instinct is to think you really don't understand because you've never been through exactly this. And, and that's so important to recognize as a human instinct is that, yes, we want to empathize at the right time, but for this acute moment, this time when they're going through the adversity, just want you to validate what they're going through is normal, that they are uh, feeling strong emotions and that you're not judging them on it. And you're not going to compare, nothing like that. So uh, first things validate, second thing, don't compare, and, which also leads to do not play top it because this is an instinct and certain people do it and they do it a lot and it will kill the supportive environment because somebody will get on the defensive. So for example, uh, you might say something like, um, oh, when I went through, you know, when I lost my job, it was, you know, I didn't have any money and I didn't have any prospects and I was worse off than you are. And you're, you're so talented. You'll be fine. Like you're taking it away. So, uh, don't play top it. Don't compare. The next thing I want, uh, to encourage you to do is ask them what they need. Now, here's the challenge with this is society has set us up for not knowing what we need <laughs> because we live in such a reactive culture and very, um, you know, stressed out all the time. And, and, and so we've never, uh, the, the challenge with that is we don't spend the time figuring out how, what serves our own healing when we face challenging times because we're so caught up in the, the stressy part that our coping capacity is at the, the top of the game, right? Like we, we don't have anywhere to go. And so one of the reasons why with the Resiliency Ninja message is I'm trying to get you to lower how much time you're spending in an unhealthy stress capacity, focusing more on your obstacles, building that resiliency muscle, and then having the space available if an adversity happens for you to be able to step back and heal. That's part of what we're doing. Challenge is most people are not there yet. So because of this, they, when you ask somebody, what do you need? How can I support you? They may not know the answer. And so I'm going to ask you to look and say, what are the obvious little things that I could do that could help this person? So for example, uh, when somebody passes away, if you've ever been through this, you know it's a horrible experience. And in that, that acute time, in that, that early stage, people rally around you. There's the visitation, the funeral, you've got food coming for the first week or two. And, you know, people are just stepping up and, and chipping in, right? Maybe they're cleaning your house, they're, they're doing whatever. And then they go back to their normal lives. And the person who's gone through the adversity is not healed yet. And they, they there's this vacuum of like a reverse vacuum where like there's, all this stuff that is no longer there and they've got to figure out how to fill it and they could still be struggling. So I want for you to think of it as how can I support them long-term? Even go as far as to put it in your calendar every month you're going to check in with this person every two weeks or how, whatever your, your um, intervals are with this person. You'll, you'll know for each relationship it's a little bit different, but I want you to be reaching out to them 
and then looking and figuring out through the conversation, what could they really use? Like, are they not getting out of the house enough? Okay, we'll take them to, not to something that's, you know, um, crazy and, and, you know, hyper and they're going to have to be on. Take them to a quiet coffee shop. Take them to a movie. When I was going through a lot of my grief, I watched every movie that came out because, you know what, it made me feel like I was getting out of the house, but there was no pressure to be on because I was, I was saving all of my coping capacity at the time for s- serving my clients and not for uh, going out and being social. But I could get social by going to a movie and escaping a little bit. So think, what are those little things? Are they eating well? Are they, do they love to cook? If not, send them some food, you know, do that, but do it after the two week acute time. So figuring that kind of thing out, maybe it's, uh, you know, grabbing their car and cleaning it out for them or, you know, whatever it could be. There are lots of different things, raking their lawn, uh, trying to fill in some of the gap and some of those tasks that don't overstep a boundary, but they uh, are easy enough to spot. And they're the things that are on the stressful side. If you, if you like look at overloading your to-do list, they're the things that might get lost or, or might be on their mind causing guilt that they're not getting it done. So those are places you, as a friend, could step in. Uh, obviously, if you're leading somebody in the office and they've gone through a horrible time, uh, you know, what you do is different than if it's one of your best friends or a family member. So for example, you're, you know, if you have a relationship where you're the you know, vice president of X, uh, department and your staff has just lost their, you know, sibling or their um, a significant other or somebody who, you know, maybe a parent. You're not going to go over and probably rake their lawn. <laughs> that wouldn't be a, an appropriate use of boundaries uh, ever. But you might take them for lunch, or you might say, "Hey, listen, I'm going, uh, you know, down the street to grab some food. Do you want me to bring you back something?" Or, uh, you know, hey, somebody needs to go over and, uh, you know, get this. Do you feel like getting out of the office for the moment and running that errand? So it might just be the break they need. So you can do things like that, uh, that they may not recognize that they need. But you being a thoughtful person, a thoughtful leader, can sort of see some holes that uh, ways that you could alleviate some of that overarching stress or that, that to-do uh, circle that never ends. There's an instinct when people are not getting through something to want to give them advice. And the the challenge is is that in the acute phase of adversity, they don't need advice. Okay, They need somebody to listen to them. We're going to talk about that next. They need somebody to validate what they're going through and they need somebody to pick up the slack around them. That's it. Okay. When we get a little bit further on, there can become a judgment that they're not moving on from the adversity. They're not creating a new path well enough. They're, they're, they've, it's not fast enough for you, which is a judgment that is not going to support their healing. And let me give you an example. When my dad died, my, my mom was a mess. And I don't think she'd mind me telling you that. I mean, like anybody who lost their spouse for 33 years would have a tough time adjusting. And they were a very integrated couple, very close, small town, you know, just, uh, it was really, really devastating for my mom. And there were a whole bunch of other things that happened around that. And what happened was I felt like she wasn't moving on fast enough. You know, this is just how 
we're taught, right? Like there's nobody fault. That's just instinctively. I was like, my, you got, come on, let's get on with it. You know? And I actually bought her a book called get over it. And I, I feel like how insensitive I didn't understand resiliency at the time. And so I want to share that with you to say, you can't force somebody to get over it. They need to go through the tools. So, um, with advice, we want to help them get through, but we need to ask if they're open to advice. So in the early stages, please stay away from it. It's not going to help. After, you know, they're sort of through the initial shock of it. You can say, you know, how are you feeling? Is there anything I can do to help you? Are there experiences I can share? Um, you know, I've known some other people who've gone through similar not the same because people always want to own their own problems and validate that it's their problem only. So you can say similar things, not the same. I, uh, you know, and you can ask for advice. So have you, and, and maybe come from the advice from a coaching perspective. So have you considered things that are going to help you move forward? Are you, um, you know, I, I don't know, the conversation just generally flows fairly naturally for me. So it's hard for me to figure it out in this exact moment. But really being a thoughtful uh, prober of figuring out where they're at and are they ready for advice. But the key is to give advice, they need to be invested, saying that they're open to you giving them that advice. Okay? So the next thing is we can always point out optimism, like the silver lining, because not everybody sees the silver lining. And this is, again, past the acute phase into the healing phase longer term. Uh, we can do that, but we want to do it in a way that doesn't diminish or devalue what they're going through. And the, the last thing, actually, the second last thing I want to share with you on this is you need to listen. I think more than anything, people need a listening ear and a real listener. When I do my uh, keynotes on business development, which is what I've been doing since you know, 2006 when I started my company on networking and uh, sales through profitable relationships, and we talk about how valuable the skill of listening is. And most of us overestimate our ability to listen. And so I run them through a two, the audience through a two-minute exercise that highlights where they're listening. And, you know, our society has set us up for being really bad listeners <laughs> because we're always constantly, there's so many stimuli around us. When somebody's going through an adversity, they need to he be heard. And so listening from a perspective of non-judgment and not to give advice, but to just allow the person to vent, I think is the most powerful thing that you can do. Give them a safe place where they can say anything they want to say, talk about it, you know, and you're not going to hold it against them. You're not going to judge them. You're not going to uh, tell them they're wrong. You're just going to allow them to be highly important. And the last thing I want to say with you and how you can help people get through adversity is make them laugh. There is no more powerful a medicine than laughter. It's what got me through the darkest, darkest days of my decade of hell. And it, when you're someone on the outside, the laughter 
needs to come from something other than what the adversity is. Okay. So, you know, even if it were, uh, I was trying to think of a few things that, you know, happened in, in those days, but, you know, maybe, you know, you're walking into a funeral, but something else is happening or somebody says something that is not related to the funeral, but it's appropriate enough, you know, that just breaks the ice. So figure out how can you get somebody to laugh? And uh, if you're taking them out, like trying to get them out of their comfort zone and whatnot, don't push too hard. This is not the time for leaps and bounds and making people go into big crowds or, uh, you know, step up if they don't have the tools. And of course, you know, you can always offer them and say, hey, have you ever heard of the Resiliency Ninja podcast or uh, this book? You know, she went through a lot of things. I mean, it's an option. There are other tools out there that can help people, but you want to be really sensitive and introduce it at the right time when they're open to advice, not early in the acute stages of adversity and uh, from a very respectful place as opposed to a, you need to get over this, like I did with my mom, uh, you know, you need to get over this because that came from a place of judgment instead of a place of support. And so I hope that really helps you, you know, you validate it, don't compare, don't play top it, ask what they need. If they don't know what they need, look around, find the simple little holes that are available uh, for them. Uh, you know, it's their journey that they need to go through. Find the optimistic silver linings. You can point those out for them, but again, in a non-judgmental way and not too soon in their process or their experience. And most importantly, be a non-judgmental listening ear for them to vent in a safe place. And if you can, make them laugh. Find a way to get them smiling about something else so they can find that joy again and redefine their path. So uh, thanks so much for the question. I, I love getting to share this. Again, if you're having a conference and you are, maybe you have a company that's going through a lot of change right now, uh, the Resiliency Ninja message is uh, there for, for hire. I am available to speak at your conference. So just visit me at r-ninja.com backslash speaking or backslash coaching if you would like to engage me in services. So thanks so much for being here. Have an amazing day. Remember, do not let those obstacles get in the way of your progress and profits. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.